I'm Caroline Saxon and you're listening to an Open Water Swimmers podcast. It's episode 10 of season 2 of an Open Water Swimmers podcast with me, Will Ellis. We only have two episodes to go before the end of the season and I still have three great guests to share with you. But before that, please do remember to follow the social media channels at OWSwimPod and also to give the show a rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get yours from, as it all helps keep the show alive. Now, today's guest is someone I've wanted on the show for quite some time. She is a former GB swimmer and now represents Great Britain as an ice swimmer. In fact, she has just returned from Poland at the Ice Swimming World Champs, where she won medals and broke records. That was after we recorded this podcast. She set up her swimming company, The Outdoor Swimming Company, where she enjoys taking people into the often very cold water. She's a swim coach and a big advocate of the water having a place for everyone. She also has her own podcast, The Swim Tribe Podcast, so I hope this will go out on her channel too, so that her listeners can learn more about her and more about her really rather wonderful story. So, please welcome to the podcast, Caroline Saxon. It's my pleasure to welcome to the podcast, Caroline Saxon. How are you, Caroline? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm very well, I'm very well. This is a bit of a change for you, because normally you're the one doing the interviewing, and now you're the one on the sofa being interviewed by me. I hope this isn't too disconcerting. Oh, we'll have a lovely time. It's like being in the pub, but without beer and through Zoom. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You can have an imaginary imaginary pint. So your podcast, by the way, for those who don't know, is the Swim Tribe podcast. And I imagine this will also be broadcast on the Swim Tribe channel as well. Yes, please, if that's okay, yeah, that that's be great. Absolutely fine, absolutely fine. So an Open Water Swimmers podcast and the Swim Tribe podcast have, have blended for this very special episode. So I will jump straight in. Caroline, why do you swim? Not everyone obviously starts in the open water, this being an open water swimmer's podcast. So it might be, why did you take up swimming? Why do you continue to swim? And what is it, what I'm really interested in, what is it about the water or the environment of the water that keeps you coming back? Right, I'm I'm a bit of a, a weird one. So we're gonna be having to rewind to 1998. So, um, well, firstly, my mum took me into the swimming pool at nine weeks because my mum went swimming. And that was her only way of continuing to do what she was doing with having a baby. So my mum and dad used to take me swimming. We, we went in from when I'd had my jabs. Fast forward, the general swimming lessons, all that kind of thing. 1998, I got invited to join a swimming club. And I was, how do I put this nicely? A little monkey. And I think my mum was quite happy for me to be going and burning off a little bit of steam. So I started training with a club called Stafford Apex. Um, and at the start, I was rubbish. I was absolutely terrible. I, I, I didn't get picked for anything. We were doing sprints. We were doing 25 metres. I was seven. I'm not built for that. Um, and fast forward a little bit, and we had a club champs. I think I must have been about 11. 10, 9, 10, 11, maybe 9, can't remember. Um, and we could do a 400 meters, and I was so excited because I, I didn't have to stop. <laughs> so I, after that, did all right. And they were like, oh, who's this? I hadn't even been properly squatted. And then they just moved me up into one of the upper lanes. And then when I was 11, I qualified for the nationals. Um, and then hormones, everything kicked in, and I got a little bit rubbish again. Um, but my swimming coach said to me, look, you're really big 
like your shoulders are big I, I, I was not the, sh the shape of a pool swimmer so he said go and swim in that lake go and do the um, Midland Champs at Bosworth I was 13 and we just turned up and we just swam and that was oh gosh I'm how old am I 2004 2005 maybe we just got in there was a bunch of us in swimsuits and we just got in because that's what we did um and I can't remember how I did but I, I did okay I did decent I got a medal um and then the next year I went and did the 5k in the British championships in the pool and I did the Grand Prix 5k and then did well medaled um and then got selected for to submit GB when I was 15 nice. um, and um, it it was in 2006 so lots was going on um, and I didn't finish my race in, two, in 2006 my GB race I got out after 5k because it, it just wasn't it wasn't right I felt ill uh, the waves were terrible the wind had cut, cut up badly and I got out and I was never allowed another chance to actually prove myself of what I could do. And the next year I went and won, won the British Grand Prix and they still would never give you another chance. So after that, I've, I had I had a mental breakdown. I'm fully open with saying that. Um, my mum saved me. Um, and I just never wanted anything to do with British swimming again because of the way that we'd been treated. And it isn't until I've come back into the sphere of swimming again, I've realized how badly they treated us. We were just all cut off overnight. Um, so I, I just stopped, I was ill. I, I couldn't do it anymore. I, I was trying to swim. I, I was trying to be what I was and who I was prior to, to getting it. I don't really know how to describe it, but being 15 and being told that you're not good enough and but someone not actually coming and having the balls to say to you you are not good enough they just stop talking to you overnight it's a it's a really awful way to treat people and there was a lot of us on our team that they just did that to overnight um and I'm still I'm still quite not bitter about it I have um matured in my outlook and dealt with it but I just think that what they did was um just unthoughtful um but anyway um fast forward a few years I started I didn't go to university when I should have done because I was ill I, I worked in a, a school um for 12 months and did some in teaching worked in a in a pool lifeguarded kind of tried to just heal myself a little bit and try and find a new version of of who I actually was now I don't know how I managed to get a levels really don't I, I can put it put it down to the efforts of some really good people that looked out for me um, and then I went to uni and studied geography and I went and picked something that I absolutely like doing it's like the only way I'm going to be able to go to, to uni is by doing something that interests me um, and I joined the swimming team there and I, I didn't enjoy it honestly I, I didn't enjoy it at all it was just a familiar thing um, and then but because I had um, was on antidepressants and um, was getting help-ish um, I actually qualified to be a disabled student. So I got given a really, really lovely mental health mentor and she helped me all the way through it. Um, and she said to me, look, Caroline, you need to go and find somewhere that you can go and get your toes back in, go and swim. Um, and I'd also was studying as part of my um, dissertation about the effects of, um, basically I call it, it was called the geography of fat. 
because I was having some like, issues with the way that I'd looked because of shape change and not training 80,000 meters a week what we used to train um and I um had a really great guy Phil Jones and honestly I still see him he still go for for like pizza every quarter because he fully changed my life he identified that I wasn't well and steered me into something that could heal me so my dissertation was on the process of stopping swimming and your identity and having something like almost removed from you that was out of your control so I actually linked it to the theory of incarceration and prisons because you um, your identity suddenly changes and you go into this like weird state that I am called I called linked it to liminality which is where your identity is like between two points and I interviewed all the other people that were on my GB team and that would speak to me about it and all of us had some form of like issue and we were going into these cycles of having to have some form of dependency on pushing yourself in a way that um just I don't really to to mask what we were feeling so we had people that were bulimic anorexic um not addict not alcoholic but relying upon alcohol or pushing themselves in a slightly different sport so um yeah that was massively cathartic it really helped me um and then my last little bit was to go and find somewhere to swim outside so I went on Facebook and I found a place called Cliff Lakes in Tamworth and met um Jason and Susie and Susie's family owned the lake and Jason and her partner Jason um they're running all the swimming and I turned up in April in my swimming costume and got in and swam and told them I wasn't going to wear a wetsuit because I don't wear wetsuits and it was lush it was just like getting back into a really familiar place and it made me realize what I actually liked about swimming and then I carried on going back but the caveat on this was it took me a good 18 months two years to get back in from that initial conversation and just looking at it and thinking I can't go I don't I, I just can't do it but once I got back in the water I remembered why I did so it. is that could you identify then what other than your own your own personal journey which obviously through those two points which is obviously significant why why wouldn't the pool have worked you mentioned earlier about swimming with the un- university team and that familiar environment of, of uh, you know the chlorine inside I guess I'm just trying to picture it in my head why wouldn't a pool have worked at that time when you you found that lake what was it about the lake that suddenly went the people the people um I I now swim for a master's team and I love it and it's the people and that's what I think it all is about it's um I I'm slightly I've just written an article for Outdoor Summer on this and on, on, on ice swimming and my unpopular opinion about it. Um, because I think, yes, swimming outside is great. It's great for your mental health. It's great for being part of you. And it's, I love it because when I put my head in the water, it's quiet. You can't hear anything and it's a good switch off. And I have people say to me, it's a really like lonely sport. It is at high level, but it's not, it, it's, I've, I've, that's why my podcast is called the swim tribe because we're all members of a tribe we all have the same common identity and that's what was missing with my uni team it, it wasn't it was a people that didn't make it and I didn't like it and I think that's why when I went to Cliff Lakes and I got in the water um it was a, the people that gave me like 
I was part of them like after my first season of swimming with them I said look guys I really want to swim through the winter I've seen this ice mile I'd like to develop a cold water winter club um and I just want to go and they went yeah you can do that but you're gonna have to join our team and help us run it so the first season we did um I personally don't believe you can coach something if you can't do it so I was getting in with Susie every week before our sessions and learning about the water because like the process of ice swimming which is what I do now is it is a process it's becoming is better than being and I really strongly feel that if you have a goal such as an ice mile or an ice K or whatever you, you might not actually have a next step of that goal and people always miss the actual experience of swimming and that journey to the end goal because they look at the goal ahead rather than looking at it as lots of puzzle pieces that you put together to make one big nice shiny puzzle at the end mm. and I actually value more what I've learned on the journey all the way through swimming like from my original coaches that used to when I was like 10 11 12 call me dollop or shoulders or shit sorry might have to edit that out no, no, um, we can we, we we can swear we can swear yeah like my he, he, they just get out and I'd be a teenager how's oh, that was shit I know that's fine cool um but every single bit of those has created a puzzle to create where I am now and in the last 12 months or so we've really grown the business that um like my outdoor swimming business the outdoor swimming company we've grown it massively and I've and because I, I do actually really like it I like but I, I like the people and for me mm. I like the water I like how it feels mm. and I like the ice swimming I like the cold but I've got to a point where actually I can't really push myself any further because I will die. <laughs> it's fair to say you've done some pretty astonishing, uh, pretty astonishing cold swims. But this going back to this idea of of sort of process, not products, which you, uh, which you, which you mentioned. I couldn't remember the the words the words you used. That was uh, that was very, that was really nice. What was it you said? It's a quote actually um, from Carol Dweck. Um, it's becoming is better than being becoming is better than being i like that process that's 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 like process not products isn't it and i mm. uh it's that it's that thing i interviewed a, uh, a friend of mine tim who swam the channel and you know he he loved his training so much because of the people he was with you know mark and lucinda bayless and all these lovely lovely people that when it came to doing the channel he you know he just i mean he smashed it but it was it was all so easy and I think uh, I think there's there's something in that that if you're not if you're if you're if you're training for a goal and all you can think about is your goal, then you're losing something along the way, aren't you? Hugely. And if I step back and actually have a look at me as a person and how I've developed since I've got back into swimming, I, I look at it as two phases. I look at it as as like competitive Caroline and wait, I'm still a bit competitive, but <laughs> I'd say more like happy Caroline and. And actually what I've done in the last, since I got back into swimming is uh, I've gained so many friends and such a big network of people and they've all influenced me. Like when I write my coaching programs or I look at things that we're going to do, um, I look at it on the people, not the thing. Oh, that, that sounds probably actually 
get rid of that bit but <laughs> well, no i think looking looking at the people not the thing is 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 quite right i mean i was going to ask you uh I, one of the questions that sometimes crops up with me is what's what's more important is it the is it the people and the and the, and the social environment or is it the act of, of it in and of itself as in you know the act of swimming i find swimming on my own very very lonely you know especially in the open water because you're not there you're not sharing you're not sharing something with someone and in the pool it's just a means to an end as part as part of training but there is nothing better than training with people is that yes but sometimes I need that time to myself mm. and there's certain places that I will go I do not advocate this um <laughs> I do this because of the experience that I've got. My mum always knows where I am. I check in before and after and I have my find my iPhone on. But there are certain stretches of the river that I will swim on my own, completely, entirely, 100% on my own, but people know where I am. Mm. And I do that because I need the headspace. So let me ask you this then. As someone who was, you know, at, 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 the, top of, at the top of the swimming game in terms, of, in terms of speed, people, I, I spoke to... I spoke to an athlete, uh, or I interviewed an athlete a little while ago who spoke about, you know, trying to erase the need to get value out of everything that you're doing as a swimmer, which is this sort of pressure that you put on yourself in training, especially when you're at the level you are at, whereby you, there is this sort of, uh, sort of this insecurity to make sure that everything you're doing has a purpose. You know, as he's left that swimming career behind, obviously he's still a competitive uh, swimmer, but he's, he's left that at the door. And now takes much more takes much more out of every swim he he does as a result because he's there to enjoy it for what it is. I split that. I don't believe you get speed swimming outside. So I do my speed work in the pool. I train in the pool. Um, I swim outside for enjoyment. In the winter, I swim outside for my cold acclimatization. And that can be anything from just getting in and having a natter doing a head up breaststroke lap in the same sort of time that I'd normally do a, a, a K, for example, or I'm actually getting in and, and trying and going for a K. Um, I don't think that you gain necessarily much from going and smashing it in the cold all the time. And because my swimming coach, when I was younger, uh, he used to say to me that you only have so many hours of cold water time and acclimatization before you're putting your body under too much stress so we never when I, I swam for GB and swam at a high level years ago we didn't train outside we didn't, didn't do any skills the only time we were outside was to race um and we just did our drills in the pool so I still kind of believe that the pool is my quality time um and if I'm doing a really long A to B swim like 6k 10k plus 20k a to b then yes that is just my long slow swimming i could do that in the pool but i'm not going to because it's boring um but the rest of the time i swim outside because i like swimming outside mm. um i like but then i think there's a purpose for every swim like i like a good head up breaststroke look at the environment if i'm swimming in a really pretty place i will stop and i will head up breaststroke and if i'm swimming with people out come on Caroline, what are you doing like i'm looking at the view because that's, that's what I like about it. Yeah. But I have readdressed my issues with my previous um, inbuilt clock, shall we say, um, by every year. A very wise man taught me this, Alan, Alan White. Alan's 80. And every single year he restarts his PBs. So, um, and 
I think that's great. I do mine every five years. Yeah. Um, just that's... because of I, I masters compete, but exactly. I'm not 80. If I was 80, I'd be doing it every year. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I turned I turned 40 last year, so I'm I've I've got a I've got a, a blank copy book of of brand new PBs, which I I try and forget what I what I swam when I was 30 as best I can. But it's always always there. It's always there. So that idea that we spoke about briefly then about trying not to get value out of everything letting it go once you arrive at your destination once you arrive at your kilometer ice mile that perhaps you've been training for for six months are you then able to enjoy it that's a really good question um i'm gonna so my ice mile i didn't think i could do so i'd done an ice k in the GB champs, and then Kate Steele's that runs run run I um, I I S A G B, um, spoke to me after and said, um, we're going to Russia next year. You've done a good time, but you haven't got the required tick boxes, like everything you need to be able to go and swim. Um, you're not really proven. Go and go and try an ice mile. I was just like, well, I'm not ready. Um, so I messaged Leon Fryer at Swim Your Swim and just said, look um Kate Kate says I'm ready to do an ice mile I don't think I am um he went I think you are come down on Saturday and this was like Thursday (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so I didn't really think about it and this had been I thought I was years off it I'd done three seasons so I, I I wasn't actually expecting to do my goal as early as I did um because I didn't I just I'm not actually that big when it comes to ice swimming terms um I don't have much bioprene, so I, I just genuinely didn't think I could do it. Um, and I went up to Doncaster to do it. I'd got up really early. I remember going like swimming, and the only thing I could think of was, you got up before six o'clock this morning. There's no way you're not doing this and going home without finishing it. Um, so once I'd done it, I didn't really, it hadn't sunk in because it hadn't been a goal per se. It wasn't realistic to me at that point. I genuinely didn't think I could do it. Someone had nudged me to do it. And then it's like, oh, wait, I've done it. Um, and then we got Russia to prepare for the next year, which was going to be um, a K. At, it would 100% have been zero, which it was. Um, and that was difficult for me to process because I wasn't sure. I just didn't think I could do it. I genuinely didn't think I could do it at all. Um, I still can't believe I did it and it's still not sunk in. Um, but in the process of me training for that, I did another ice mile. Um, but this time it was 4.9 and it was fine. I dressed myself. It wasn't that much of a big deal. Um, I've done harder uh, training swims in the coals for it. So it was just it was just a really nice day. Sun was out. Actually, no, it wasn't. That's a lie. My first one, the sun was out. My second one was horrible. It was windy as anything. Um, it was dead choppy, but that the choppiness gave me a focus away from the fact I was cold. I'm rambling. So no, that's good. Um, I had a I had a uh, a guest who I interviewed not long ago. I think I think she came out last last week. Who said that she had been told by a scientist that anything under eight degrees feels exactly the same. Do you identify with that? No, that's rubbish. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the skin, re- the, the heat receptors in the skin can only identify down to eight degrees. Anything beneath eight degrees feels the same and just burning. But uh, as some, no, 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 no. I've, I've, I've never swum in anything under eight. Though, I, this is I'm completely naive. 
No, 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 that's a lie. When you hit three, <laughs> anything below three instantly goes numb. So you can't feel anything. I, it's, it's fine. Mm, maybe four, actually. No, that's a lie. God, no. Um, the worst temperatures is probably six to eight. Mm, mm, well, that would, that, hurts. That, that, would, that would reinforce that, that idea then. Because if, if the heat receptors can only, can only feel down to eight, then at seven, it feels the same as eight. Six feels even worse because your some of your receptors are going numb, presumably. And then, as you say, as soon as you get four and below, everything just everything just shuts down. So it might feel feel worse, but as far as the body's concerned, it's still eight degrees. No, Max, no, no, it kills. It absolutely. Um, it really hurts between. I hate between like six and eight, maybe five and eight. The minute that you're under that, it, you get in and it just it's fine it just you don't feel it because you instantly go numb all you've got is just to be careful with how long you stay in because it's going to be the after drop that gets you when you get out so are you saying um, that it's saying that someone a layman a layman ice swimmer like me could could get into a freezing lake and feel fine yeah i we so we do an introduction to winter swimming it's gonna hurt don't get me wrong it's 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 freezing so it is gonna hurt but it it's going to hurt more between like six and five and yeah five five six seven eight it's going to hurt more than under five we we're really we're really really careful with our guys like we constantly talk to them um we won't let them stay in that long um i don't believe in these rules of thumb of how many minutes per degree or whatever it's that's yeah. rubbish yeah like, that is we just go and have a look at see how they're doing talk to them the entire time monitor them and um, but i've had beginners like complete people who've never been in the cold water before i've had them come in in the winter and go oh i want to start swimming outside like really it's february this is the coldest month ever yeah i want to do it cool all right come come with us we'll teach you how to do it properly we'll keep you safe because i believe these people are just going to do it anyway uh, they're in that kind of mindset um so at least I'd rather get them in where we've got trained staff. We know what it feels like and teach them what it feels like. Um, so they know what they know what to expect. And we have got every single swimmer. In. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, I'm yet I live in Brighton on the beach and I'm yet to I'm yet to swim through the winter. Uh, I, I will happily swim in sort of 14, 15 degrees uh, and feel cold. But, you know, I can I can easily I can easily handle a, a nice long swim in that temperature. But uh, it's going to it's going to happen. And I, I think talking to people like you, it makes me realize actually what is what is possible. Yeah. The only thing I'd say is if you hate it, don't do it. Like so many, I, I do have a, a few people that come and want and try winter swimming. I always say to them that if you hate it, that's fine. This is a thing. Like outdoor swimming at the moment is a thing that's fashionable. It's being it's being pushed everywhere. But it's OK if you hate it. It's true. I have people that, that have, we always ask them after, did you have a nice time when you come back? I've had one lady turn around and go, that was the worst thing I've ever done. But I like you guys. But I hated it. I don't want to come back. Like, cool, don't come back. Oh, but did she come back? No. Ah, okay. Okay. No, because some people don't like it. And that's that's fine. Like we always say to them in the in the little chat we have first, it's like you, you might not like this. You might you can get exactly the same. This is about being in our tribe. If you're not part of it, go and find your tribe somewhere else. You might get it from speed knitting or going to the pub and doing bingo i'm gonna hate that but you might love it and every this is what's brilliant every single person is built up identity is built up by similarity and difference 
and that's cool yeah yeah i hate i hate cycling yeah i'm not going to join a cycling club i hate it they annoy me cyclists really really annoy me i grew up on country lanes single track they take up the entire lane i never want to be one of those people i cycled to work during lockdown last year it was shit i hated it even on the sunny day I thought I was going to die. I do not have the thighs. I have to agree with you. I, I'm not a huge cycling fan. I don't mind cyclists at all, but cycling for me is just, it's just pain. And, uh, I I'm really clumsy. So I, I I tend to fall off quite a lot. And when there's traffic around me, I get really scared and I just don't like it. That's me. That's me. And I'm not anti-cyclist. I'm just anti being stupid, going around the blind bend and you're all across the middle of the road and I nearly kill you and then you swear at me. That's what I'm anti. <laughs> nothing like nothing like a good bit of road rage. So what <laughs> what are your earliest memories then? You said to me uh, just uh, before we pressed record that you've been swimming in the open water since you were 13. So what are your earliest memories then of swimming in the open water? Can I say this on tape? Um, <laughs> being stood at the side of Bosworth Lake um, and think with, I was there with two other girls we all looked at each other like, what are we doing? We'd never been open water before. Got in, I was like, all right, let's go. Literally got in and go. go. And then fishing out the weed out of our um, costumes after. Um, and then getting, doing all right and getting, I can't remember, got a medal. Um, then, then my next one, sorry, this is a little bit graphic, but um, messing up my pill. So I was on my period when I was swimming in Salford Keys. And being stood at the side, like feeling like I've been stabbed in the belly and having to go and get in and mainly thinking, what's this grubby water going to be doing? Oh, poor you. <laughs> you can completely edit that out no, there if you uh, want. Poor you. That was... that's, that's and then the other, the other memory was sitting in the showers at um, London Dock crying. Oh, they are gosh. my three earliest, three earliest memories of swimming outside, outside absolute Oh, God, hatred poor, poor you so this is really interesting then because your earliest memories of open water are are pretty dark and really not that ingratiating to where you are now so uh, what does open water swimming mean to you now can you chart how it's moved with you if you like yeah I, I've had to completely reconceptualize it I think and park it like as much as I liked the competition I think what my brain has done is erase all the fun of it. And, I, and I, I've got some great friends from the past, like, and I still see some of them and they're really good people. And I actually, it, this was a really enlightening conversation that I had um, just a few weeks ago, actually. Um, we went up to Hatfield for a, an event because we're supposed to be going to Poland to, for our world champs I'm still not sure what's going on they've got a call tonight so I'm just not sure if we're going still or not um but I was chatting to one of the guys there and we used to be on the same team when we were little and we just talked about what happened and I think the process of me doing my dissertation made me realize that I wasn't alone and that a lot of us felt like this um and I, there's there's no blame anywhere really it's just situational but I think the way that we were treated as a team, really, because it was a team, it was, this was 2006, like we all just got like left. And I think doing that research made me realize I wasn't on my own. Mm. And then when I went and found Cliff Lake, so I think the part of the competitive side of me, so the reason I found Cliff Lakes is I was a graduate at 
on my first grad job and I found that they did a corporate property triathlon and there was a property swim in the morning and it was a length of Eaton Dorney and I just thought you know what that's something I'm actually quite good at or I was quite good at but I need to get back in and I was swimming I was swimming then actually I sorry I don't have much of a clear memory of my past because of what my brain's done to it and because of the antidepressants that I took my brain shut down so um I actually get regular therapy and, and still speak to somebody trained about everything that's happened and she said to me in my um, therapy the other week actually Caroline um could you write an autobiography I, I can't I can't do it because I have huge gaps so apologies that me t- talking about my past is really erratic and it's just my brain's protected itself in certain ways um but I'd done this entered this corporate event and I, I I thought I can do it but in 2016 I had entered the um, European Championships at Masters when it was in London because I just wanted to swim in the, the uh, Olympic pool mm-hmm. so I entered a couple of events and I bumped into a girl in the chain rooms she said she said Caroline why are you swimming for Shrewsbury you live in Birmingham my old club so she said come and join us at Birmingham Masters so I joined that got fitter then saw this event went to Cliff and the people there what how they were with me that I wasn't they didn't know my past they didn't know who I was and it was a complete fresh start where I didn't have to explain myself nobody had any expectation on me and I think I reframed my entire thinking that with expectation comes disappointment so I went in with no expectation literally went in to swim in the water had my scabby old swimming costume on that got a hole in it I just it just got in and swam and they says, oh, do you not want to wear a wetsuit? No, I don't want to wear a wetsuit. They didn't exist when I started swimming. I ain't going to wear one. Hate them. Restrictive. Uh. So just got in. And I think the, the fact, the feeling of the water on my skin was just lush. And I really, I just really enjoyed it. And being part of their being, it was like being back on a team. And mm-hmm. it was lush because there was the kids there that were taking the money they were giving you the bands and there was just really nice people and I got some great friends and then they started to learn about what I did and then what my past was they trained me up to be a coach got my lifeguard in started rebuilding my confidence actually through teaching others and trying to to show people how much I love swimming and I think it was the coaching actually that rebuilt me looking back I've never really reflected on it actually I think it was coaching people that rebuilt me and now I really like it Mm. and I I don't I don't really know why and it's I don't have any goals I don't have any swimming aspirations I've never wanted to swim the channel Mm. I just want to do stuff people haven't done that's fair I think that's I think that's that's lovely It, it sort of keeps what keeps coming back into my head is is the idea of of the ethnic swimming community especially but but the swimming the swimming community largely being very supportive and you know there is something quite healing about the water and the the people that surround the water and surround themselves with the water whether that is open water or indeed you know uh, sort of masters master swimming especially that people are generally trying to lift lift one another up as opposed to competitive swimming when you're when you're younger especially you know, especially 10, 15 years ago, which was, which is quite ego driven by coaches, should we say? Yeah. 
but I love I would love to go and have a pint with my old coaches and mm. just thank like thank them because even though I I don't know if I was as ego driven they just knew how we were as people and the shaping that they did of me then actually has made me a stronger person ultimately okay. and I think that um the best thing that ever happened to me was having my mental health issues being surrounded by people that could pick me up mm -hmm. and actually this is a very bold statement it's the best thing that ever happened to me mm -hmm. because I'm I'm a much stronger person for it and I feel like I can relate a lot to how people feel and um so I've got a much younger brother he's 23 I'm 30 um I moved out when I was what, 19 um and my brother's seen me be really 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 unwell and I'm really proud of how he's become as a person because he's seen how bad I was like I can't I don't remember it I actually live with my brother now um he's just moved to Birmingham and we have very frank conversations about it quite a lot he's a really empathetic empathetic um, path. empathetic he's an empath empathetic he, he's, he's an empath <laughs> he's an empath <laughs> get all of them I'm so proud of him because he can identify in his friends and someone's not well even mm. at or not well or struggling um and he can identify it in himself and I now can identify it in myself and I and I think that I've if I hadn't have swam and what have, have had happened to me hadn't happened I wouldn't be what I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now mm. I wouldn't be running the outdoor swimming company I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't have got back into swimming and actually I don't think I'd be quite as excitable about out, like cold water swimming. I really like yeah. it. Yeah, it seems to me like you've distanced sort of your cold water swimming and your and your lake swimming from, you know, your your what open water swimming kind of was for you in your youth, especially when you said earlier about, you know, you came out of the pool and your coach would just say, that was shit, Kaz, you know, which is which I, underst I understand in the context of, of a swim club, but it, it's not the kind of bolstering attitude and, and supportive environment which you are now talking about that's that feels so familiar and so that 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 journey that that sort of transition from those sort of darker darker younger years to coming back to the sport that that in a way was responsible for your mental breakdown is seems quite seems quite amazing I think what it is is more that I don't it wasn't my coaches my direct coaches that caused that I think it was the way that British swimming dealt with the team and they just it, it was almost an abandonment they changed their selection criteria they changed um they, they basically wanted us to do it in a pool and a lake that's like getting a, a cyclist like a, a road cyclist so I'm going about cycling but a downhill cyclist and a track cyclist to do the same thing only a unicorn can do the same thing and the unicorns got picked basically um i'm not pointing fingers anywhere but i just think that the, the where british swimming was in like the mid early to mid to late 2000s it was more an issue there rather than with my coach my coaches picked up the pieces like my team like i was at stafford apex and i was being coached by uh, we'd, we'd had some issues within the club and and coaches but I was being coached by really good humans mm. and 
they could see what was happening and they picked me up. Mm. So I don't think it's grassroots level that was an issue, really. Yeah, I, I guess also the open water swimming was as, you know, as as an event, as a racing event was kind of in its infancy in, in the early 2000s. And so the, the, the criteria that I'm not defending British swimming here at all, but the criteria for for you know an open water swimming event for all the, the young athletes at the time would have been would have been kind of all new and all fresh and constantly changing as a result. I don't know. I think it's been around a while. Like we I being at Stafford Apex, I wasn't the, the first. We'd got a a reg like a team that had always been qualifying, swimming in the Len Cups and Fina stuff. Um mm. I'm not I'm actually not sure about the history of um of competitive open water swimming, but I know that that GB had always got really good swimmers like Alan Bircher. Mm. Um he was he was the absolute god of open water swimming. Yeah. But yeah. He, he didn't go to Tokyo. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. I I don't I don't know what was happening in the in the rooms in the chats, but I just don't think that they were I, I actually this is what I think. I don't think that they valued the mental health or were aware of the mental health of their team members. And that's it. That hopefully go. that's changed now. I mean, that doesn't, that's no way of, um, you know, I'm not trying to defend anyone here, but hopefully that's changed now. And athletes are given a much, a much better treatment and are treated more fairly, I think. Yeah, hopefully. Changing tack slightly now. Open water swimming has always had a degree of fear factor for me, which is, I always say, which is partly why I think it's so addictive. You know, arguably, there are some people who say that open water swimming can be seen as an extreme sport. But to what extent do you identify with that idea of fear? And do you have any particular memory or a story of of feeling paralysed by fear, if you like, in the water at, at any point in your in your long uh, in your long time swimming? I had an issue with waves after swimming in two thousand six in the Royal Albert Docks when I actually got out of my swim. Um, which I got over in lockdown, actually. Um, we were the first people to swim from the Prince of Wales Bridge to Clevedon Pier, um, me, John Meyer, and Laura Nesbitt. And we were supported by an incredible guy, um, Jeff and his crewmate, Dave. Um, so swimming in the Bristol Channel is, you can't really get any any more tidal, any more, any more choppy. Um, and I just got in. And occasionally in there, I was a bit a little bit scared um but I wasn't I don't really associate it with fear because it's never been I'm there haven't really been in any situations when I'm really scared because I don't know if it's I, I know how to get out of this, a situation that is would potentially be dangerous um I did miss this out of my history actually I forgot about it but um just after doing my master's degree I um I wasn't swimming was I swimming no I wasn't swimming at this point um I just finished my dissertation I rang up swim track and says can I have your last place on Montenegro please I haven't been in cold water for years by the way I'm not bringing a wetsuit um and I was scared of the submarine tunnels I, I'm not very good with um heavy um machinery or engineering within water so when we when we did the Prince of Wales bridge swim I was actually more scared of swimming under the bridge than I was at any other point. I, I'm not cool with like big bits of concrete or oh, the, the, I can't remember what it's called. I've seen I've seen the pictures of all the caverns of the of the, yeah. sub, of the submarine tubes. I mean, it, it's quite spectacular, yeah. but there is something a little a little worrying that they're so well. This something could fall on you at any given moment. 
it's more being sucked under yeah. I, I i wouldn't i wouldn't go in the um i wouldn't go so in the submarine tubes in montenegro it doesn't i know and the same for when I, I can't remember what it's called but there's um when you've got a massive stanchion into water it can suck you under um i can't remember the name of the thing but there's something within the the concrete how it's put in I, I can't remember there is a name i've completely forgotten it it's erased my brain's erased it i don't like the potential of being sucked into something solid or in and up in caves that kind of thing yeah well you're, you're, you're putting the fear into me now thinking about it there was a there was a free diver who was who was sucked under from about four or five feet off the coast of off the coast of Ibiza a few years ago and she was a, she was a world champion and wearing fins and she was literally just 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 sucked sucked into the abyss like a vortex it's terrifying you kind of think how does that how does that happen um but so did you did you when you went on that swim trek trip just to go back just just to cover everything and that was how long had you been out of the water oh jesus ages i don't know i um i was 21 maybe three years okay um, so you hadn't you hadn't swum in three years and you, you went on a, you went on a swim trek holiday and how so that that's quite interesting then your your kind of dip back into swimming after such a long time out having had such a an affinity for it did that not reawaken anything in terms of community and people and uh, a share of the water yeah that's probably it actually I've sorry that's probably what made me get like getting back into swimming um I shared a room with a lovely lady called Maggie I'm I've unfortunately lost touch with her she was we had a 40-year age gap and she I, the only it was the only bed they had left really and they were selling this this place I just I don't even know why I did it. I think my mum found it in the times or something um and it was Montenegro I liked swimming looked at it it was like oh it's only two three k a day I can do that and it the swimming was fine um but I had a really really nice time because me and Maggie got on really well she was she used to be an air hostess and she she was just the most beautifully elegant lady that I've ever met and we shouldn't have got on because we had a huge a huge age gap she was just like oh I had a really nice room to myself and you've come along and nicked my spare bed <laughs> um, but we just got on and she loved it and I loved it and I got to swim in this beautiful place um we went yeah it's just beautiful I got a bit sick I was very very sick actually after doing that from swimming in Albania I, I think I got a mouthful of like petrol from the boat or something but I was very sick um but it was brilliant. I met lovely people and I kept in touch with Maggie quite a bit after actually, but we've unfortunately lost touch in the last couple of years. But um, I just realized that I was actually still pretty good at swimming and my rubbish at swimming isn't actually that rubbish. Well, that's, it. Um, that's it. I mean, for someone who has swam, you know, at the level you swam at, uh, you know, you, you, you never, you never lose it. Is it when, I don't know if you've ever raced against Paul Palmer as a master's athlete, if he turns up, it's just embarrassing. That's, you know, that's weird. Um, I'm actually faster now on fifties than I was when I was swimming competitively. Why do you think that is? I just readdressed it. <laughs> just, you just probably, probably you're just more relaxed. Yeah. Just, I've got no expectation. And to be fair, I'm, I'm only half a second off my best for 100 and one and a half for 200 so it's not 
it, that's quite funny you should say that about masters athletes so it's i wouldn't mind so much if 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 a lot of master athletes you know trained a huge amount but there are some who are ridiculously fast who don't need to train is my point i train twice a week but i train smarter you yeah. might be training smarter um it's like look at um look right. at mark foster mark foster didn't really train much when he was really good yeah i'm sure he didn't i'm positive he did most of it in the gym but i think that's different if you're a 50 swimmer compared to a distance swimmer yeah i don't race really between 400 and 5k now because of i of i just don't touch it because of what i used to do and i can't have that comparison yeah so i think you know earlier you were saying how how i've dealt with it and uh, about it not being having a per- training having a purpose that's how i've dealt with it mm. i don't do it mm. i don't do what i used to do because mm. there's no point i understand well i i think at least you haven't lost your your love for pool swimming or, or your enjoyment of pool swimming. And it's not just based around, it's not solely based around rather um, open water or cold cold water swimming. And I think that's that's quite nice to have a balance between the two. Yeah, one of the guys actually, um, he knows me from years and years ago. Um, one of the girl's dads, I've known him since I was probably eight or nine, he said to me at Masters Nationals this year, he's like, Caroline, you confuse me how can you go like 28 whatever on a 50 yet you can swim for more than three hours in open water how does that compute (laughs) two different systems it is but it isn't it's form versus legacy i think like we can we can all have i can get quicker if i train i just don't i don't have the time Mm. so um i will just try and do quality over quantity like we used to do quantity over quality really it was we were being absolutely smashed as kids mm. absolutely like you get to training our oh, 8100s on 130 off you go do the middle like 30 on 120 go on that kind of thing i, I can't do that now but well this is that there just isn't the time i, I think I, I did i did 60 off 130 once and it was the only time i've ever been sick and i <laughs> and i said to my coach i said I, I never never again never again and I haven't ever done it again as a result because it's just it's just not pleasant. Um, someone once said to me, always remember the water wants you, which I've always found useful when I'm swimming a, a big set or feeling rubbish in the water. But do you identify with that at all? Do you there's some sort of draw to the water which sort of keeps you keeps you going or keeps you in? And I guess the second part of that question is also if you could design a swim, your ideal swim it doesn't have to be anywhere real. It can be completely fictitious, like a sort of holodeck in Star Trek. What would the, what would that be? Um, so the water always wanting you. I think that I always want the water. And I also think that um, the water commands great respect. Like sometimes the water will not let you through. And I think the most important thing is acknowledging how tiny you are in a body of water, particularly outside, especially if it's something that's tidal or it, it's got a slight remote part of danger in that we set ourselves these goals. We want the water. We want to be in there. And sometimes the most important thing to do in, in that situation is to quit and to get out. Like I've swum in the Bristol Channel before and that water is not letting us through. So we've got out purely for safety um and actually going back to when I swam for GB I allowed myself to get out because I knew that if I carried on I wouldn't be able to and it would hurt me so sometimes I don't think 
I, I don't necessarily agree that the water always wants you because sometimes it doesn't and you shouldn't be there. Um, but I think that I always want the water and I will always go back to the water. And when I'm feeling slightly stressed or slightly, um, it's good. It's good for my brain, but also it's not good for my brain in situations where I just need a hug and a chat. So I think that it's being more one with yourself and the water. Like it can give you a nice cold hug, but um, we have to kind of respect it for what it is. Yeah, I, I, the water always wants you. I don't, I, I don't really associate that with risk. I mean, if there is risk involved, then clearly get out. But I think it's about it's that Bruce Lee thing, you know, be like water, just, you know, just allow yourself to go with it and, and be a part of it and be one with it. Kind of. But I'm, I'm kind of going in it as more of a, of a you thing as well. And, and, and maybe on a deeper level with the goals, like um, I think I, I don't know if I explained it as well. No, as no, no, I you did. To, you but... did. I'm just I'm just I'm just offering I'm offering a kind of I'm offering a, a, a phrase which I think perhaps serves serves both points of view i think it's kind of removing the dependency on it because i think a lots of people are depending on it slightly to not put quite so much reliance upon it as something to so if okay so what you what you said is like when i actually need a hug and a chat using there are there are people in brighton who use the sea and the community that that comes with open water swimming as a, as, as a way to help their mental health and you know it's it's a wonderful wonderful thing and i asked that question about what's 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 better the community or the sea and i think we alluded to this earlier whereas actually if 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 you just needed a hug and a chat but you knew you'd get that from someone you swam with what's the value then in swimming in the first place why not just meet that person for a hug and a chat what does swimming give what's the extra part of that day out it's the glue between the relationship you've got with that person i would never have met these people if it wasn't for swimming um but i think that therapy is really really important like there's only so much um being outside in the cold water can do to you there's trained professionals about like i went back to therapy this year and the always go back we always ends up being at that that first point of of swimming and the amount of things that, that that experience of me getting out of my race in 2006 that has caused me a lot of issues in my life like I couldn't make decisions because I made it what my brain thought was the wrong decision it wasn't it was the right decision with the information I had but that was going into my everyday like buying a mobile phone for example take that it would I would take weeks to do it because I would struggle to just make a simple life decision and it was feeding in even more into picking food out in a in a restaurant and when they those that action was starting to eat up my everyday life even though I was swimming and feeling good all that was doing was like putting a sticking plaster on my actual original problem which was never dealing with the issue at hand. So I went back to therapy and now I'm enjoying my life in the whole much more. And if I'd have done that at the start, and, and I, I wasn't ready, but I'm, I'm hypothesizing now or whatever the word is, but um, if I'd have gone and done that at the start, would I have had the same journey? Probably not. And I think that my, I'm a competitive person racing and competitions in my dna so 
me going back into swimming, I was always going to gravitate towards that competitive side because it's, it's part of part of my character. Um, but it also because I'd gone back to get the help and get the therapy and to deal with that. They've kind of gone hand in hand. So I, I understand why people use outdoor swimming and cold water swimming for mental health. I've done it. But it gets to a point where the actual physical cold water response to your body wears off. So I see it a lot. And we've run a winter club. I, I see regular winter swimmers all the time. That starts coming through to those people and they're pushing themselves. They, they're trying more and more to gain that high, that slowing down, that elation. It's almost like a defibrillation of nature to reset their brain. What they actually need is to talk to somebody trained. And I've tried to encourage that in the winter club and, um, and try and get people to use it with caution because the effects just wear off of me. When I used to get into cold water swimming, my brain, like cold water, when I say cold water, guys, I mean under like eight degrees. Um, my brain would slow, it would go quiet, it would calm, everything would be zen. And I get this real euphoria in the water and I get it when I got out. The more I did it, the more and more that wore off and I was having to push myself once you've done an ice bath once you've done a really cold stuff you're pushing yourself my next stage is death or having to get an ice barrel and go and plunging every day I can't do that I live in a flat so I think it's brilliant please yes get mass participation get these brilliant communities of people that are out there to help support my mental health swims and like all that kind of thing but we need to address why and not use it as a plastic it needs to be part of our toolkit well, yeah I, I think that's entirely right and i think it has to be it has to it can't be the only thing you do in order to in order to help your mental health it has to be part of a part of a package doesn't it that's really that's really nicely put because no one's ever really talked about that on the podcast about it about it yeah being part of something much bigger to serve to serve you know the purpose when we talk about mental health and, and open water swimming they're kind of synonymous but it's, it shouldn't be the only thing and i see it i've seen it loads i see it on social media people needing to swim we don't need to swim we want to swim and if you're getting to that point where you need to swim please go and speak to somebody start with your gp start with like charities pick up the phone speak to somebody who's actually trained mm. and just try and identify why like i've i've hit rock bottom I, I'm quite happy to put my hands up and, and say I've taken lots of antidepressants, but along the way, I've become actually I'm I, I quite I enjoy where I am now. I love running my business. I love helping people get into open water because I actually love it, and mm. I love it being part of my toolkit. But I didn't love it before. Mm. It's a really interesting journey that you've you've shared, and I thank you for that because there's so much darkness and then so much lightness at the end about the people that you've met along the way. And so aptly put your, your swim tribe, which is sort of, uh, you know, responsible for where you are now, which is really nice. So yeah, they've lifted me up and there's, nice. and they've believed in me when I didn't believe in myself. Like I swim now I'm part of ISA GB and Kate Steeles, who's like the pretty much the best ice swimmer in, in the world. Like she's the first, she's the first British person to do, the I-7s, which she's done in, in memory of her son. Kate's phenomenal, and she believed in me, and it was her belief in me that's lifted me to go, actually, cool, I can do this. And I think it's when people that you look up to turn around and go, no, that's cool, you can do it. Then 
I, I've always, I've struggled with my confidence and, and that kind of thing since um, what happened. But I've, I think by telling people that it's okay to feel that it's okay that you're not okay. There's people around that, you that can help you mm. and actually not being stubborn. Like I'm a really stubborn person and accepting help. Um, and also actually identifying when you're ready because quite often you're not ready to do something. Like I identified that I was ready to go and speak to someone or I was ready to stop taking my antidepressants because I got to a point where I just wanted to feel like emotions again. Um, and I think doing it at your own pace, we've all got our own reasons for swimming. We've all got our own start point and we've all got our own goals. And that's why I love about swimming because we are all unique. We're all built up on where we've come from. And I've met some amazing people and they've, they've just blown me away with how good they are. And they've, they've started swimming in their like forties. Like we teach ladies to swim from crawl who never believed that they could and all I'm doing is telling them you can do it I believe in you and I'm just passing on what people have said to me and I think by having belief someone believing you you believing in yourself you just it's just like everybody's a bit happier aren't they like, everybody's I, every, <laughs> everyone can do it the yeah. only person that tells you you can't do something is you yes Yes, very true. Very true. That's lovely. So my final question then is, where was your last swim and how was it? Oh, my last swim was on Saturday at Cliff Lakes. It was awful. <laughs> I didn't like it. I didn't want to put my, I just didn't want to put my head in. I was, so I was having one of those days, like, um, sometimes I, I don't, don't get me wrong. I really wanted to swim. I was really excited to get in, but I didn't actually want to swim. I just wanted to go and get in and be cold. Um, I just started a new job and I've got quite a lot of change going on in my life. Um, and I've just got too much going on to be able to swim properly in the cold because it takes quite a lot. You're putting your body under a lot of physical stress, but also there's, there's, if you've got mental stress going on at the same time, it's not a great combination. So I got in, getting in was great actually no it was it was all right I had a nice little swim I did a head up breaststroke lap with um, Liz and we had a nice little chat and seen a for ages but it, it wasn't my best swim that I've ever had and it wasn't the worst swim I'd ever had it just got in and had a swim so that was my last swim very um, nice that was pretty that was quite a rubbish answer wasn't it no no I um, like it but normally I, pe normally people say my last swim was here and oh, I loved it and it was great because they sort of had this They've, they've carried the weight of what they've been talking about in the podcast with them and they feel quite sort of I don't know driven or inspired um so it's actually really nice and I said yeah and no, I didn't like it didn't like it hated it <laughs> do you know what the best bit of it was Go on. it was Deb it was Debbie's birthday on Sunday uh this swim was Saturday we all had cake in the shiver shed I because I hadn't had a long swim I got to see everybody and have a catch-up with everybody and then we had a business meeting for next season in the cafe and I had a breakfast and I got to see everyone and I got, got to have a bit of chat so actually my swim bit on my scale of swims wasn't the finest swim it wasn't my best performance but I really like being cold and because I was quick and I was in and out in 10 minutes I'm not normally in and out in 10 minutes got to see everyone got to eat cake and got to have a giggle perfect well I like that and that's a perfect that's a perfect end 
to uh, a really, really lovely chat. And I thank you for being so candid and honest. Thank you so much, Caroline. That was awesome. You're very welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Please come for a swim in Birmingham if you ever want. Thank you, Caroline, for that chat. And yes, if ever I'm in Birmingham, then I will be sure to join you for a swim. Hopefully it won't be too cold anyway. Thank you to everyone for listening in. Only two more shows to go until the end of the season. I can't believe how fast it's gone. Happy swimming to everyone wherever you may be.